Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. This message is from our Man Up Monday with Pastor Omar Lopez in a message entitled, The Giant of Offense. Enjoy this message. But this uh, evening, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to minister out of uh, uh, Luke chapter 17, verse number one. Uh, what I'm going to talk about tonight is I'm going to be very truthful and honest. Can I do that? In fact... What I'm going to say to some of you guys tonight, you're going to be offended. I guarantee you will be offended. That is not my goal. That is not my intention. I want you to leave here healed, set free by the power of God. Uh, but it depends on your heart. And you can leave free or you can leave offended. So I'm going to pray that you'll leave free and healed by the power of God. Uh, but here we go. Luke chapter 17, verse number 1. And I'm just going to read that verse of scripture, then I'm going to pray, and then we're going to dive right into this message. He said to the disciple, it is impossible that offenses will not come. I'm going to read that again. It is impossible that offenses will not come. But woe, in other words, judgment's coming to him through whom they do come. So let's pray as we get ready to get into this message. Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you. For all the men that are here tonight, I pray, God, that you'll just speak into their life. They've come hungry. They've come open, Lord. Uh, they've taken the time tonight to be in the house of God. And so I pray today, Lord, that your word would touch every single man wherever they're at in their life, in their spirit, in their mentality. And, Lord, wherever they find themselves today, that your word would be real to them. And, God, I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit I pray, God, today, help us to give you our 100% undivided attention. God, remove a lot of things that are on our mind. Help us to focus on the word uh, for the next uh, few moments today. I pray for the Holy Spirit, God, today, that the people would hear, the men would hear the voice behind the voice. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. amen. So Jesus is talking to his disciples here, and he makes a statement. He said, it's impossible that offenses will not come. If there's something that's definitely impossible today, Jesus is saying, here's what's impossible, that you're not going to be able to go through your happy life, uh, through your recreational life, without there being an offense. At some point or another in your life, you're going to go through something. Somebody is going to offend you. You're not going to be able to escape it. Let me just put it this way. Breaking news, you will be offended. At some point in your life, you're going to be offended. You're not immune from it. You're not exempt from it. There's no way to protect yourself from it. I don't care how much vaccine you take, uh, a mask, uh, all the toilet paper you want to use. Uh, it will not protect you. Uh, it will not put you immune uh, from offense. Uh, and somebody's going to shame you at one point. Somebody's going to cause you to be outraged. Somebody's going to insult you. Somebody at some point is going to humiliate you. Someone's going to cause you to be offended and hurt and angry. You're going to feel violated at one point or another. Aren't you glad you made it to Man Up Monday tonight? So I believe what I'm going to minister today, I'm talking about offense. I'm going to be talking about 
offense because many times we find ourselves in a place of offense. Somebody offended you. Someone did you wrong. And as I read today, the Bible says that Jesus says it's impossible that you will not be offended. Someone is going to disappoint you. Someone's going to let you down. It's a biblical fact when you read the Bible that it's impossible to live life without being offended. So here's the deal today. Because you can't escape it, you have to learn how to deal with it. In fact, turn to your neighbor and say, deal with it. Deal with it, man. It's, it, it, it's the way it goes. Uh, I am shocked today how many men are surprised uh, that somebody offended them. Uh, I'm here to tell you, you're going to be offended at one way or some place or another. Somebody's going to dishonor you. Somebody's going to dish you. Uh, you're going to go to the mall and somebody's going to take your parking spot. Uh, in fact, some of you that come to this church, uh, Paramount, you're offended someone took your regular seat today. You're offended by that. Someone took your parking spot out there. You're offended by that. Uh, someone that uh, was short with you in their tone of voice, you're offended today. Uh, uh, someone cut you off in traffic. Uh, uh, they were coming down here and they came into the same parking lot with you. Uh, and it was one of the pastors today. You're offended by that today. Somebody offended you. So I'm here to tell you that at some point uh, or another in your life, you will be offended. Uh, so Jesus never said, said that as the believer, as the Christian, uh, you would never be offended. Now, why are you shocked today when you come to church uh, that sometimes you're offended by people in church? What kind of people come to church? Broken people. What kind of people come to church? People with issues and problems, uh, people that need some fixing. How many can say amen? And God puts us all together. Do you think uh, when God puts us all together at some point, we're not going to offend each other? Uh, it's going to happen. Why are you surprised? Why are you as the Christian so shocked when uh, you're going to be offended? Some are offended by the music. Some are offended by the lighting. Some are offended. Why do they have a black ceiling? Uh, why this? Why that? Uh, uh, you know, some are offended by politics. Uh, why did you vote for this person and that person? Some are offended offended by all kinds of different things, but I'm here to tell you today that offense is a part of life. Deal with it. And Jesus said this, even in justices, Jesus even said this. Look at what he said in Matthew 22, 21. I'll just give you an example here. He said, render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God. Now here's, I know he's talking about taxes, but here's the, the real unique thing is Jesus did not dishonor the government, even though Caesar was a tyrant at the time. He said, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar. He didn't get all political. Are you with me? Today we got these Christians, all of a sudden they've become political. Jesus said, beware of the yeast in the Pharisees inherit. Beware of religiosity and politics and don't try to mix it in the kingdom. That's what he's trying to say. Beware of that. You better beware of all of these different things because if you don't, you're going to be offended quite easily. You're going to find yourself in offense. Here's what Proverbs 19.11 says. A man wisdom gives him patience, but it's to his glory to overlook an offense. So when you begin to learn, when you're wise, you have learned to develop patience. The Bible says it's to your glory or to your honor 
or this is the great virtue or great credit or you've earned the respect when you've learned how to overlook an offense. Because, uh, you know, our society today is quick to judge. Our society today is quick to call foul. You ever play with a guy basketball and every time you touch him, foul. It's like, dude, get, get off the court, man. Big flopper. Come on, man. I can't touch you. Oh, don't put your hand on my back. No, they, what, what, how do you play basketball then? Come on, man. You guys, uh, you know, there's, there's 2,000 uh, basketball, nothing like the 70s and the 80s. They were fighting. They were hustling, man. I thought, you know, today nobody wants to touch. Don't touch the quarterback. Anyway, so here we go. Tom Brady, you know, he's so great. Nobody can touch the guy. That's why. But that's another thing. So the Bible says... The Bible says uh, here that, you know, there, to your glory, to overlook, or the, the Hebrew word means to pass on or to pass over. So in other words, you've got to catch some spiritual altitude above the problem, above the offense. Uh, you've got to be willing to raise or catch the spiritual altitude that it doesn't weigh you down. That it doesn't cause you to live down there. And yet people today will leave the church because they're offended. I'm not going back. I got offended. I'm not going back. This guy said that. Isn't it amazing how quickly you become offended in church? I'm not going back to that church. But the boss at work can cuss you out, can tell you all kinds, and you're right back there the next morning, 8 o'clock sharp. You're right back there. He's cussed you out. All the guys, they've been talking about you. You're a rookie. You're no good. You go right back to work, don't you? You show up. Isn't it amazing this morning? How many have been offended in traffic? Everybody, man, this guy did this, did that. But, but are you afraid? Man, I'm not driving the car. I'm not getting on that freeway. Man, I'm offended. I'm not going to get on that freeway. I'm not going to drive that car. And yet, this is exactly what we do with the house of God. Uh, we get offended. We don't want to go to church. Come on, we got to grow up. We got to learn how to soar a little bit. Somebody say amen. So here's an interesting fact that I've read. And in New Zealand... They, they find that 41% of birds in New Zealand are flightless. Uh, they have these birds called the kiwi, the penguin, uh, the taki, I believe it's called. And they do not fly. 41% of all the birds in New Zealand do not fly. And there's a reason for that. Listen up to this. Because there are no predators on that island. They don't have any snakes. They don't have any wolves. They don't have any bobcats. They don't have anything that preys on birds, that eats birds. So therefore, there's no need for these birds to fly. So when there's no need to fly, they eventually lose their ability to fly. And you lose your ability to soar above it. So if you go to New Zealand, if you've ever been there, you're going to see these birds. And instead of wings, they have these little knobs. They're not able to fly. So they've lost the ability to fly through generations because nothing has ever opposed them. Nothing is coming against them. They don't have a predator. They don't have opposition. So they've mutated to, to be ground birds and not birds that soar above the cloud. So think about this today. Because there is no predator, because there's no oppressor, that, or I should say this, when there is a predator, when there is an oppressor, then it creates the ability to fly. 
it creates your ability because uh, these birds, what happen is because they don't have the, because they don't have any predators, they've allowed themselves or adapted themselves or they become accustomed to the ground. And instead of flying in the sky as God created them, uh, they've been grounded. So if you want to scratch around the barnyard for the rest of your life, uh, go ahead and don't have any enemies. Go ahead and don't have any opposition. Go ahead and don't have any problem. But you're never going to soar like an eagle. You're never going to mount up. uh, Because today you need some contention. uh, You need some opposition. uh, You need uh, some offense. Somebody say amen. Now, if you know anything about airplanes, they say that the pilots, uh, before they ever want to take off, they are always checking the direction of the wind. And pilots, what they want is they don't want to fly with the wind. They want to fly against the wind. They want to fly against the headwind because what happens when it flies against the headwind, it creates something called lift. And it causes that airplane, when it goes against the wind, the opposing wind, it causes that air or that airplane to get the proper flight that it needs in order to soar above the clouds. So you will never fly, you will never mount up, friend, unless you have a predator, unless you have a problem, unless there's an opposition in your life. I don't know about you, but I want to soar like an eagle. I want to go above the clouds. Somebody say amen. So opposition today enables you to do things that you couldn't do before. Without opposition coming against you, you will never lift. I don't know about you, man, but when you get opposition, it will lift your prayer. It will lift your praise. It will lift your ability and your commitment to God. It'll cause you to run closer to God than ever before. You need a little offense in your life. You need a little of that offense unless you want to eat worm for the rest of your life and be a chicken. Uh, I don't want to be a chicken. I want to be an eagle. Somebody say amen. Uh, I want to soar high up in the sky. Now, I want to say this to you. Not only is there opposition uh, that others throw at us uh, that, that caused us this morning to be offended, but believe it or not, even the truth can offend us. Sometimes the truth will be the most offensive thing that comes our way. There's a lot of people today that are offended because of the truth. In fact, one of the greatest offenders in the Bible is was the son of God, Jesus. Jesus offended more people in scripture than anyone else. He was an offensive script, uh, uh, preacher. Not that that's what his desire was, uh, but because he preached the truth, he offended people. Many people picture Jesus as one that was always hugging everybody, embracing everyone, loving everybody, blowing kisses and all of that. And I'm sure he hugged people. I'm sure he embraced people. But he also said some things that he offended and they end up wrongly accusing him and they crucified him because they were so offended by him. Jesus said some things that blew their mind. He said, before Abraham, before Abraham, I am. He made some claims that they didn't really like. He said, I'm the son of God. I'm the savior of the world. And at one point, even Jesus' apostles, his disciples said, man, don't be so offensive. They told Jesus, he said, do you know that the Pharisees were offended 
when they heard this saying, let me read the whole thing to you here. Matthew chapter 15, verse 8, Jesus is speaking. He said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human ruths. He's talking to the Pharisees that are listening. And Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen and understand what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them. But what comes out of their mouth, that's what defiles them. And then the disciples came to Jesus and asked him, do you know that the Pharisees, excuse me, were offended when they heard this? It's almost as if the disciples were saying, like many people today, they seem to be indicating to Jesus, Jesus, you need to calm down a little bit. You need to change the message. You need to stop being so honest. You know, you're offending a lot of people. And so instead of preaching the truth, Jesus, why don't you massage the message a little bit and change it? Jesus, however, had no intention of doing any of that. He understood that the Pharisees, it wasn't his message that was offensive. It was the fact that their hearts were so hard. They were offended, not the way he delivered the message, but they were offended because their hearts were hard and they needed some changing. See, men, we need renewed hearts, not a renewed message. The message still renews. The message still changes life. It's our heart that needs to change. Jesus then follows up. Look how offensive he goes. After they asked him that, he said, by the way, let them alone. They are blind guides leading the blind. Wow, how offensive is that? So, hey, let me follow up with another statement, by the way. You think that was offensive? Wait, wait till you hear this. And so he's offending people. And then Jesus said in John 8, 32, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. See, we need to hear truth. Grace causes us to come to God. Grace embraces us, but truth will set you free. And so the gospel has always been exclusive, and because it's exclusive, it's offensive. See, lots of people say, There's all, all roads lead to heaven. Who told you that lie? That's not true. Yeah, all roads lead to heaven. All we have to do, Jesus said it this way, John 14, 6, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say, I'm one of the ways to get to heaven. He didn't say, basically, he said, I'm one of many ways. Jesus said, I'm exclusively the only way. And people didn't want to hear that because they were dishonest. They were sinful. And, and, and I want to just say this to you. People are so offended by the simplicity and the truthfulness of the gospel. See, the gospel is so simple. I mean, how, listen to this. Jesus said, you're either with me or against me. Is there any questions? You're either with me. I, I don't think there's any questions there. And as Christians, we should never allow the world or the culture to bully us into silence, uh, amen, to intimidate us, to change the message. I don't know about you, but I'm going to keep preaching the truth. I said, I'm going to keep preaching the truth. So today, think about this. The truth will bring correction in your life. The truth will cause you to change. The truth will begin to point out blind spots in your life. Here's where I'm really blown away because anytime you have a student or a trainee, that person gets corrected and they learn by correction to do it right. So how is it in Christianity, we have a bunch of disciples that never want to be corrected. Never told, hey, you're not doing it right. 
Never want to be called out on the table for anything. Well, Jesus is my pastor. You can't handle Jesus being your pastor. I mean, he told Peter, get behind me, Satan. How many can handle that? He came into the church, man. He preached, but he had a whip in his hand, and he was overturning tables. How many can handle that? You can't handle Jesus being your pastor. And yet, somehow, we don't want to be corrected. All of us have some blind spots. Look at what the scripture says here in Proverbs 12, 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. When was the last time you actually listened to advice? And you actually did what the pastor told you to do. When's the last time you did it? All these people say, oh, that's good. Uh, oh, I'm led by the spirit. What spirit? I have the spirit. What kind of spirit do you have? Prideful spirit? A stubborn spirit? Demonic spirit? See, God brings people into our lives to help us along the way. We live in relationship, and your behavior affects other people. That's why you need someone to bring correction in your life. Look at what Jesus said in Luke 17, chapter 3. Watch yourself. In other words, you better take an examination of yourself. If your brother or sister sins, warn them. In other words, another translation says, correct them. If they change their hearts and lives, Forgive them. Even if someone sinned against you seven times in one day, oh man, this is tough, and returns to you seven times and said, I'm changing my ways, you must forgive that person. Now, this is a powerful statement on forgiveness, but he starts off, watch yourself. In other words, be concerned about your heart. Guard your heart. Before you see the wrong in others and what they're doing, guard your heart that you don't become offended by them because an offense can become a fence between you and somebody else. So Jesus says, guard your heart. Make sure, and then he said, when you're ready to respond, make sure as you correct someone, you also give grace for them to repent. He said, if your brother and sister are in sin, warn them, correct them, point it out to them. Are you with me? We need some people in our lives that will point some things out that we give permission to, that when we're in error and when we're going the wrong way, somebody say, hey, man, you're going the wrong way, dude. Stop. Stop. You're going the wrong way. A red flag. Hey, Listen. But I found, even as the pastor, that when I get into a place where I want to correct and help some people, people get highly offended today. I mean, they just get highly offended. The fact is, the truth affects all of us. You can't believe the number of people that when I speak truth in their life, they get offended and they feel like I'm attacking them. Are you attacking me? Are you rejecting I'm trying to help you. When someone speaks truth in your life, it's because they love you. It's because they care about you. It's because they see that Satan is setting up a trap of sin in your life, and they're trying to keep you from stepping in to the trap on the trap or in the trap somehow. People think pastors, you know, people think that I get up in the morning because I can't wait to get that guy. Oh man! Oh, I got him! I got that dude right now. I'm gonna get him, man! Oh, I can't wait. Ooh, I'm looking forward to confronting that guy. Honestly, as pastors, we pray that the Holy Spirit will reveal it to you so we wouldn't have to talk to you. 
apparently you're led by the spirit. We don't know when he's going to speak to you, but apparently he is. But when he doesn't, someone needs to point out some truth to you because your pastor cares about you. He doesn't want you to fall into the snare of things and, and fall back into sin. So he's pointing some things out in your life. If you're living in sin, if you're still getting loaded, you're cheating in life, someone needs to tell you, hey, you're, you're wrong here. If you're still living with that girl and you're fornicating all around, someone needs to talk to you a little bit. Can you say amen? So when you have a leader or someone that loves you and cares about you and speaks the truth to you, he's trying to get you out of sin, not cause you to stumble into sin. He's trying to keep you from falling into that. But today we live in a climate, man. Today's climate, my goodness. Anything you say, people are offended. I mean, it's not the USA, it's the USO, United States of Offense, man. I'm, I'm serious. And sadly, it, cre it creeps into the church of God. And you got a bunch of men that are offended. You can't tell discipled anything today. Uh, you got to watch what you say. Come on, why don't we man up a little bit? We need to man up, man. We, can't you handle it? Can I just, say, can I just be honest? There's a lot of chionas, man. Just, just cry babies. My goodness, can't tell you anything. Can't be straight with you. Take it like a man. Man up. Can't we just tell you true? Well, that's abuse. You don't know what abuse is. You, you, you're interpreting correction and truth as abuse. It, it's a heart problem. You can't handle the truth. I said, you can't handle the truth. We're trying to help you. We're trying to build your life. Once in a while, we need to be straight with you. We need to talk to you like a man. You need to handle it like a man. Somebody say amen. amen. See, don't become a stumbling block to others because you're offended. We need to be careful that when we get offended, we don't become a stumbling block to someone else around us. And we're causing other people to be offended because we won't receive correction. We won't receive the truth. And now we're spreading it around and we're causing other people to stumble. We're causing other people to be offended because you're offended. You don't realize your relationships, your family, those that are around you, man, it depends. Uh, their future depends on you not stumbling and falling into offense. I've seen people pull their whole family out because they were offended. They got offended, so you put all your kids out. You put all your teenagers out because someone offended you, and now you affected their destiny. Now your kids want nothing to do with church because you allowed your offense to be poured out on them. You murdered their destiny. You killed what God was trying to do in their life because you got offended. Your wife got offended. Can't even handle your wife. Can't Your wife got offended. You're offended because I told you that. You're offended. Can't handle her. Can't handle a woman, really? Anyway, I don't even know what to say about you, but I'm just telling you today, the, Bi the Bible said offense started way back. Look at, look at what happened with Cain in Genesis chapter 4. The Bible said that God required a sacrifice. He required an offering. And the scripture said that, uh, that Abel brought the proper offering, but Cain did not. 
And I'm not going to get into all of that, but God speaks to him and he tells him, hey, why, why, are you, why are you so cast down? Why are you so upset? In Genesis chapter 4, verse 7, he said, if you, will, if you do well, won't you be accepted? But if you don't do well, sin is lying outside your door ready to attack. It wants to control you. You must master it. Don't allow the sin of offense to get a hold of you because you know what it ultimately led to? He became so offended, he got hateful, and he ended up murdering his own brother. If we're not careful today, we'll allow that offense to become hate, and then we're murdering people. We got this murderous spirit. The Bible says, it talks about this young man, Joseph. I'm going to give you a few examples of what happened in the, on offense. Genesis chapter 37. I'm not going to read that whole chapter, but it talks about a young man by the name of Joseph uh, who had a dream. He was favored by his dad, Jacob, and he had this coat of many colors. Uh, but the scripture says that his brothers were offended by their father and they were offended at Joseph. And because of Joseph's immaturity of sharing this dream, they were offended by him and they wanted to get rid of him. They hated him. They said, man, we don't like what he's saying because they became jealous. He was having dreams. He was having favor. Don't tell me it doesn't happen in the church. You see the favor of God on somebody. You see God moving in that brother's life and you're saying, man, how come they're using him? I've been here longer. Can I just tell you something? The church of God is not a union. This is not seniority. This is the kingdom. I, I don't care about your union rep. That don't work here. There's no union rep here. It's the kingdom. And the king does what he wants. And the, the Bible said the last shall be first. Do you know that God can use somebody and he'll skip right over you? That's right. He'll leapfrog you. God can do what he wants. He's the king. Somebody say amen. amen. Favor is not fair. Live with it. Favor is not fair. Joseph, uh, Joseph had the favor of God, but because he had the favor of God, his brothers wanted to kill him. His brothers were offended by him. And I want you to understand something. If we're not careful, we're offended and we're trying to, to get rid of people. We're trying to murder people because of the offense. I need to skip this one. The next one is this guy named uh, John the Baptist. How many have heard of John the Baptist? Bible says John the Baptist was this great man of God. Uh, even Jesus referred to him as one of the greatest prophets. But yet the Bible says when John was finally arrested and put in prison, he was wondering why Jesus didn't come and rescue him when he was in prison. In fact, he sent the disciples to send Jesus a message because remember, this guy was one that was Jesus' cousin. He was the one that said, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And so now we see kind of, we kind of, kind of get the picture that John's a little offended that nobody, you know, set the bell money. What, what happened? <laughs> no, no, hey, where, where is it? Where is, nobody's paid bell. You know, what's going on? And so uh, John sent the message. He, sa he says, you know what? Uh, are you the one or should we be waiting for another one? And Jesus makes this statement when he heard that statement. He said, blessed are the man who's not offended in me. Because he knew that John was wavering. And he said this in Matthew chapter 11, verse 4 and 5. He said, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive the sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. 
the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have, have the gospel preached to them. And then that's when he said, blessed is the man that's not offended by me. Uh, maybe, listen to me, maybe God's not doing everything you want him to do the way you want him to do it, but God's still moving. Maybe he's not doing everything you're asking him to do, but God is still moving. God is still doing what he wants to do and desire. So John was saying, wait a minute, what about me? And Jesus was saying, well, the deaf hear, the blind see, God's still at work. Just because you don't get what you want doesn't mean I'm not God. I get to do what I want. Friend, we got to trust God. God don't owe you anything. We're offended by God. I, I, I haven't met so many people, man, in my life that are bitter with God. God didn't do this for them. God didn't get them out of jail. God didn't do all of this. God should have healed this person. God should have did all of these for you. Let me just tell you, uh, 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 didn't you break a lot of promises to God? What about you? Don't you owe him something? How many, how many times did you lie and say, you know, I'm going to do this and you didn't do it? God let me down. How many times did you let God down? God let me down. He didn't come through. Let me just ask you, how many times did you fail God and he still forgave you and he still gave you grace and he still uses your life? God, if God don't owe you anything, can you say amen? I just thank God I'm saved. He don't owe me a dime. Listen to this. I want you to hear this story. Eventually, John did get beheaded for the same reason someone was offended by him. Look at this story, Mark chapter 6. This is an important story. For John said to Herod, it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. So Herodias had a grudge. Man, she's holding this grudge, man. She's offended against him and would have had him killed. But she could not, for Herod feared John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man and protected him. And when he heard him, he was greatly perplexed but heard him gladly. So Herod's wife, John told Herod's wife the truth. He said, it's not legal for you to be married to Herod's, you're the wife of Herod's brother. There was a scandal going on and John knew and John exposed it. He says, it's not lawful for you guys to be married. And the Bible says she got mad. She wanted to kill him. But she didn't, she couldn't because Herod still honored him. And so she held that grudge. She held that offense. Isn't it amazing how long people can hold an offense? And she was waiting for the right moment. I'm going to get you back one day, prophet. You wait. I'm going to get my moment with you. And the scripture said the moment did come. The moment did come because the Bible said that her daughter danced before Herod. And she danced and he got so excited and she, he said this, he goes, man, you can have anything. Could you imagine anything you want? He goes, I'll give you money. I'll give you riches. I'll give you up to half my kingdom. I'll get it. I'll give it all to you. Now get this. The person that was offended stole her future away because she polluted her daughter. And he, she, she comes to her mom and said, what should I ask for? She could have anything. This is her future. This is their inheritance. And she said, ask for the head of John the Baptist. See, offenses just don't affect us. They overflow into other people's future. And if we're not careful, we're stealing their destiny. See, the Bible warns us about offense. 
This young girl, think about this. If her daughter really, if her mother really cared and loved her daughter, she should have said, honey, ask for this. This is your future. This is your destiny. But instead, her grudge and her offense took over. And that spirit came into her, uh, basically was passed on to her child. And instead of her child inheriting the blessing, she stole her daughter's future. She stole what God had for her daughter. If we're not careful, men, our offense will steal our kid's future. Our kill our friend's future, our destiny for our home. If we're not careful, parents, I, I'm, I'm going to just say this to you. And I've seen this happen. But I, I, can I be honest? Can I preach? Am I right? Am I offending anyone yet? Anybody offended? Okay, good, good. I'm, no, I, that's not my goal. But think about this. Parents easily can poison their kids by telling their kid their beef with different people. Your children should not know who you have a beef with in church. They should not know issues that you have with people. Shame on you. Grow up. You're pouring it out to your kids. They have nothing to do with it, fool. They have nothing to do with it. And yet you're telling your kids your beefs. Your kids know all the people you have problems with. They know, you know, you can go to the house. Yeah, you don't like her. You don't like that. This relative, even your relatives. You mean your kids know all the beefs that your relatives have and you have with them? Uh, you're wrong. You got it, man. You, 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 you've gone overboard. And you're robbing them of their future. Be careful. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end with this story because I think it's very important for every man in here to listen to this story in 1 Samuel chapter 10. The Bible says that David thought, I will show kindness to Hanash, the son of Nahash, just as his father showed kindness to me. So David sent a delegation to express his sympathy to Hanan concerning his father. When David's men came to the land of the Ammonites. Now, let me give you some context of what's going on here. The Bible said that David is now the king. And his friend, one of the Ammonites that helped him when he was the fugitive, had passed away. And now that man's son had taken over as the king. And so he said, you know what? This guy, he was very kind to me. He was a very good friend. King Naash had died. He said, I want to send a, a, a delegation of men to go and give our condolences. It's like when you see in our world today, when there's a world leader that passes away, usually somebody from another nation sends a delegation to give their sympathy. So that's exactly what David did. And the Bible said that he got his two mightiest men to go to this foreign country, to, the, to Ammon, the Ammonites, and express their sympathy or give their condolences. These mighty men went as the delegation to represent King David. But I want you to listen to what happens. They get there, but all of a sudden, somebody gets in the new king's ear. His advisors say, hey, hold on a second. Do you think that these guys are here to give their condolences? These guys are here to scope out the land. They're here to, they're, they're here to get, gather some intel. They're here to gather some information. They're spying out or how many men you got and all that. They're going to come back later and they're going to bring a whole army and they're going to destroy this thing. 
they're not real. They're not being truthful. And so you know what they do? This is really crazy. They falsely accuse these guys, and the Bible says the king ordered these their their beards to be half to shave half their beards off. And they cut their robes all the way up to expose their buttocks. And the Bible says he sends them back. Basically, they misinterpreted them for coming. They misinterpreted their motive and so therefore they sent them back in humiliation they basically said go you go back they humiliated these uh, these mighty men and the bible says in second kings or second samuel 10 4 so hanan seized david's ambassadors he shaved off half of their beards cut off their robes and buttocks and sent them back to david in shame now here's what i want to say to you what this means, what this represents. The shaving of the beard, cutting half of it, was tampering with the man's rank, it was tampering with his identity. The full beard represented uh, authority. And so when you were cutting half of that off, you were tampering uh, with who this man was. Obviously, exposing the buttocks would basically humiliate him even further. So now these men that had gone out to do something good with good intention have now been humiliated. Now they're walking away. And so these men are walking to shame and they're walking in offense. They're offended. We went with a good intention. See, sometimes you can be doing the will of God. You can do all the right things. But it doesn't mean you're not going to get offended. It doesn't mean that someone may not... Uh, uh, may misinterpret you. Doesn't mean that someone may not uh, may misjudge you. The Bible says they sent these men back. These were mighty men. Remember, these weren't men that were weak. And they probably went with no sword. They probably went with no nothing, uh, 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 any offensive weapons, because they were on a peace journey. They were on a comfort journey, so they weren't they weren't prepared. But the Bible says as they're coming back, there's a messenger that sees these men, and they come to David and they tell David, David, he begins to tell David they cut half of their beard, their buttocks is exposed. And Jesus said, Don't let them come back into this town humiliated. See, the king never wants to humiliate his children. Don't let them come back into the town square. He said, tell them to go to Jericho. And Jericho means a land of fragrance. Jericho means a sweet place. He said, I want them to stay in Jericho until their beard grows back. I'm going to send a tailor to get those robes extended a little bit. Amen. And I'm going to send somebody to, to cover the buttocks there. And he goes, but I want you guys to stay in the sweet place. I want you to stay in that place of fragrance. And and, and I kind of get the picture, if I can go back to the prodigal son, where the father began to, he wanted to cover his son's shame. He wanted to give him, give him, you know, give him new shoes on his feet, a, a ring on his finger. And this is the picture of the king taking care of his kids, taking care of his child. When someone offends you, God says, go to the sweet place. Go to that place called Jericho and stay there. Calm down because what's going to happen? 
happen is you know what when you go to that sweet place in the presence of God God's going to restore your dignity he's going to restore your authority he's going to restore everything that the devil tried to rob you from see don't live in offense go to the sweet place go to the place where God is go to the place of restoration that's where he's going to restore your beard. That's what he's going to do and, and restore your life. Some of us today, we're living our lives in offense. We need to find a sweet place in the presence of God. We need to find that place of calmness and say, God, I've been offended. I've been walking. They shame me. But God, I'm in your sweet presence today. And you'll watch how God, you'll watch how God will restore your dignity. you watch how God will restore your authority. You watch and see what God will do in your life today. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. I'm going to pray. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, all over this house today, I thank you for these men. I thank you for this house. I thank you for what you're doing here tonight. God, today, we don't want to live in offense. We know offenses are going to come. It's impossible. God did not be offended, but we don't want to live there. We don't want offense to reside in our heart. We don't want offense to settle in. We don't want offense to take residence in our soul. But God, help us to come to the sweet place. Help us to let go of these offenses. God, we don't want our offense to affect our children, our family. We don't want to rob the destinies of our children because we are offended by someone. We don't want to kill what God's doing in our kids' lives because we're offended by somebody. God, I don't want this offense to destroy my family because somebody offended me and now my children are affected. Generations are lost. Families are destroyed because you've been offended. Somebody offended you. Somebody offended your wife. Somebody offended you. And you've passed this on to your children. And you're killing their destiny. You're destroying what God has. God has the great inheritance. Don't pass that on. Find that sweet place. Find the sweet place in the presence of God. Find that sweet place today to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on my knees. I, I'm not, you know what? The, the devil robbed me, man. Uh, I, I, I've been offended, man. Find that sweet place. It's gonna, your beard is going to grow back. You're going to get a new robe. It'll cover you today. Get in the sweet place of God. If you've been offended, give it to God today. Don't live in that offense right now. Don't live in that place. Don't let it destroy you or your family. Here's what I'm going to do. I, 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 you know, why don't we stand up to our feet right now? Here's what I'm going to do, men. Why don't you just lift your hands right now? Just lift your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, all over this house right now, God, there's been offense. Lord, there are men right now that are living in offense. God, they've been offended by someone. Someone did them wrong. Someone betrayed them. Someone violated them. Someone did something to them. And God, they're living that. And Lord, some of these men are passing it on to their children. But today, God, we're going to turn things around. We're going to go to Jericho. We're going to go to that sweet place of fragrance. Jesus, you're going to be the fragrance of our life. And God, we're going to forgive some people. God, we're going to move on, Lord. We want destiny for our family. We want destiny for our lives today. We want you, God, to do in our lives what you desire to do. God, we're giving up our rights. And, Lord, we're surrendering them to you today. 
I'm going to open the altar. If you just want to come and pray, come right now. Come on, man. You want to come right now, just come. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.